Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Advent Joy and is based on my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers at the First Coming of Jesus Christ. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Why not invite a friend or small group to join you in listening? Then meet every week to go through a chapter. Together, you will grow in joy. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Additional links to my books and free bookmarks are available at wrapyourselfinjoy.com. Hello, welcome to Advent Joy Podcast One. I am Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to Wrap Yourself in Joy, the Advent Joy series. It follows my book, The Joy of Advent, Journey with the People, Events, and Prayers. The celebration of Advent often surprises me. It comes so quickly. What about you? It was just fall, then it was Thanksgiving, and then within a week, it's Advent. So let's prepare our thinking, our mind, and our heart with plenty of time to find the joy of Advent this year. Here's a bit of background for you. Did you know what the word Advent means? Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. When we hear the word Advent, most of us think that it refers to the four-week season before Christmas that focuses on the coming of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it does. But the season of Advent is also especially meant to focus our attention on the present coming of Jesus in our own lives or increasing our desire for His presence every day. At the time of Advent on our church calendars, it's so easy to skip the time when we could spend on the passages of Scripture that celebrate the joyful longing for our Savior. But not us, not you, not this year. So I'm glad you've joined our joyful journey of faith. I'm praying that Jesus speaks to you in new ways, as together we discover again the people, the prayers, and the events so important to Jesus' first coming. In our journey, you will meet Zechariah, Elizabeth, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Joseph, John the Baptist, the angels, the shepherds, Simeon, Anna, and the Magi. It's like we will travel with them and partake in the most meaningful events in their lives. We will discover Three pairs of events related to Jesus' first coming, including two annunciations, two births, and two circumcisions. Plus, we will pray the four great prayers found in Scripture, also called canticles in the church. They include Mary's Magnificat, Zachariah's Benedictus, the angel's Gloria, and Simeon's Nuctimitus, all found in Luke 1 and 2. Our journey will take us back 2,000 years to some amazing places. Through the Word of God, Jesus wants us to meet His family and friends, and we ask the Holy Spirit to be our guide. So are you ready to get going? Well, we're going back 430 years before Christ today. You see, the people of God in the Old Testament had heard from God through the prophets, but now God had stopped speaking to them. Why? Because they had stopped listening. They refused to follow God and His commandments. Zechariah 7.11 says, But they refused to listen and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears in order to not hear. They made their hearts hard in order to not hear the law and the words. And the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. You see, God kept calling to them. He even said, through the prophet Hosea in chapter 1, 
They kept sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols, yet it was I who took them in my arms, but they did not know it was I who healed them. So about 430 years before Christ, God promised in Malachi 4 to send a Messiah and a forerunner for the purpose of this, to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents. Then in Luke one seventeen we read that this would be fulfilled in God's plan to send Jesus Christ and the forerunner, John the Baptist. Now we understand the backdrop of the coming of Jesus Christ. The people had fallen away. They had stopped listening to God. They stopped worshiping God, and they stopped obeying God. They turned to idols and even sacrificed humans to them. God warned the people, so when they stopped listening, He stopped speaking. Now, fast forward 430 years, and we're about to drop in on the first enunciation of two enunciations. You know, the term enunciation in Latin means announcement. So God began speaking again, and he sent his announcements through his most important heavenly messenger, Gabriel. In Luke 1, we meet Zechariah. And he's the first person recorded in Scripture to hear from God after almost 430 years since Malachi wrote the book of the Old Testament. We can read about this in Luke 1, 5-7. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. So there we meet our first holy couple. The name Zechariah in Hebrew means, the Lord remembers, which is funny, because we're going to find out that Zechariah forgets that the Lord remembers him. Elizabeth is described as a descendant of Aaron, which indicates she was a direct descendant of Aaron, the brother of Moses and Israel's first high priest. Thus, both Elizabeth and Zechariah came from a priestly family, and their baby, who we'll find out will be John the Baptist, would be born of full priestly descent. They were described as righteous before God. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI wrote, Righteousness means the acceptance of God's will without reserve. Thus, this dear couple was faithful to God, followed His commands in everything, even when life did not go as they had hoped. Let's stop right here for a moment. Do you have things that have not gone as you had hoped? Of course you do. We all do. Well, we're about to learn a lesson, an Advent lesson from a couple named Zachariah and Elizabeth. It's a lesson of not giving up hope in God, ever. He hears our prayers. Well, Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed for children. Luke 1 says it clearly. They had no children. Zachariah and Elizabeth had remained faithful in serving God, even in the pain and suffering of childlessness. In Hebrew society, childlessness was viewed as a disfavoring from God or even a punishment. Likely, Zachariah and Elizabeth had felt disgrace throughout their married life. Nonetheless, they chose to follow God with all their hearts during such circumstances. Well, let's keep reading. Luke 1, 8-14 Once, when Zechariah was serving as priest before God and his section or division was on duty, 
He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense in the temple. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, indicating good tidings. When Zacharias saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. I call this a God incidence, not a coincidence. The chances were slim that Zechariah on any given day, in any given week, in any given year would draw the assignment where he would pray for the coming Messiah. But this day was different. It was the opportunity of a lifetime, the opportunity Zechariah had hoped for all his life. Can't you just see it? Now Zechariah, dressed in white robes of a priest, head covered, barefoot, was entering the holy place, leaving the priests with him behind. The golden candlestick was on one side, the table of showbread on the other side, the altar of incense was before him. Moving his censer back and forth, Zechariah began to pray. But suddenly, an angel appeared on his right side. It was Gabriel. Let's keep reading Luke 1, 12 through 14. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced, getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to you to bring you good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. This sounds harsh, doesn't it? Doesn't this sound harsh? But consider the circumstances. The great angel Gabriel had been sent to Zechariah by God. But Zechariah said, it's too late. I'm too old. My wife's really old. Get the picture? His faith was strong, but he looked at the circumstances. His wife was past her time of having children, and he was pretty old himself. He just could not picture it. Oh, poor Zechariah, the angel Gabriel, the great archangel, just couldn't take his unbelief with what seemed like one sweep of his finger pointed at Zechariah. He muted him for nine months. (laughs) And Gabriel's no puny angel. The name Gabriel in the New Testament Greek means the might of God. In an almost humorous way, Gabriel used his might to teach Zechariah an important principle. Since Zechariah's name means the Lord remembers, Zechariah would get a nine-month silent retreat to never forget 
the Lord remembers. Now, there may have been many reasons why Zechariah did not believe Gabriel. He may have lost hope in the change of his circumstances. After all, Elizabeth was old and past her time of having children. Or he may have been discouraged thinking that God didn't really care about him or his personal life. Or he may have grown tired of praying the same prayer he had given up long ago and simply could not believe the possibility of having a child. Or it would take a miracle for this to happen now, and even the presence of an angel couldn't help Zachariah believe. Gabriel also appears in Daniel 8 and 9 to give Daniel some insight about the coming of the Messiah. And when Gabriel appears, he looks like his name implies mighty. He is sent from the presence of God, and he reflects God's magnificent glory. Well, let's keep reading. Luke 1, 21 through 25. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he couldn't speak to them, and they realized he'd seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of the service in the temple was ended, he went home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived him for five months. She remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. We know Zechariah returned home to tell Elizabeth about his shocking experience, but the scriptures don't give us any details. How do you think? Mute Zechariah told Elizabeth about the message and the angel Gabriel. How would Elizabeth have responded? What joy they must have shared with the surprising answer to all those years of prayers and waiting. The Bible says Elizabeth waited five months in seclusion. She likely didn't want to tell the neighbors about the miracle pregnancy because it was precious to her, and she wanted to show the visible proof of the miracle growing in her abdomen. You know, baby starts kicking around 16 to 20 weeks. So it's time to conclude our journey for today with a bit of reflection. We started our Advent joy in Luke 1, where we met Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Gabriel after 430 years of silence from heaven. Zechariah had given up on his prayers being answered, but God had a powerful message for him and for us. God hears. God answers. Don't give up. St. Jerome wrote about Zechariah, your prayer is heard. That is to say, you are given more than you asked for. You prayed for the salvation of the people, and you have been given the precursor, John the Baptist. Have you ever prayed for something so long that you gave up? Have you ever received more than you expected just when you were about to give up? Well, Zechariah had given up on having children. After all, he and Elizabeth were way past the age of the physical possibility, likely well over 50 years of old. Yet, how appropriate was the meaning of Zechariah's name the Lord remembers when Zechariah thinks the Lord forgets? While Zechariah was praying and waiting and ceasing from prayers all those years, he did not know that God was at work. He was preparing Joseph and Mary, and so he had to wait just a little longer. You know, Jesus wants to share his joy with you, and now is a good time to ask God to help you wait. Let me suggest a few prayer pointers for this week. First of all, ask. Jesus, give me a new and fresh prayer encounter with you. Fill me again with your joy. I want to experience your presence and look to you for miracles. Two, take time. 
Make a point to take some time every day to listen to the Lord and even read Luke 1. You'll stay connected to the joy of the Lord and His purposes. Three, converse. Converse with the Lord every day. Share with Him what you are waiting for. Then keep an open attitude to receive heavenly surprises of joy. Jesus, I've given up on. Tell Him what it is. Please give me new insight. Show me the little places where I see your hand at work. Four, thank God and praise Him. Let the Lord know that you trust your life and circumstances to Him. Lord Jesus, I praise you. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I trust you. And you fill in the blank for what you're trusting Him for. Finally, start an Advent prayer journal. Why not? Just take any small, inexpensive notebook right across the front, Advent prayer journal, and record your prayers and conversation with Jesus every day. Start journaling your responses to what God spoke to you in the verses about Zachariah and Elizabeth and Gabriel in Luke 1. When you look back on it, you will be surprised about how God has been speaking to you. Well, we've come to the end of our podcast for today. I want you to know I am so happy that you've joined our Advent Joy journey. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com. I'm praying for you for more joy, for Advent Joy, for celebrating the coming of the Lord and more of His presence in your life. So let's conclude with this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for the beautiful example of Zachariah and Elizabeth. They waited and you answered. Thank you for the joy of Advent and your anticipated coming to earth. Thank you for loving me and remembering the important things in my life, even when I think you've forgotten me. Nothing is too difficult for you. I give you my doubts, disappointments, and lack of trust. Help me to pray always and never give up, as you said in Matthew 18.1. Help me to take the time to listen to your words to me every day. Jesus. I trust in you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about Cup of Joy Women, my books, and even get free bookmarks. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy.